It is not secret that the achievements of Black women leaders and women of color in general have often been overshadowed and ignored. Bonjour, hello, welcome, and salam alaikum. This is Stand Up From The Crowd, the first live podcast dedicated to no BS leadership. So if you like us, tell your friends and colleagues to go over on uh, Apple uh, podcast, Spotify, to give us a five-star review because we deserve it, right? We are worth it. We are talking about important topics here, inspiration, motivation, and most importantly, all the leaders who come on this podcast actually share with you their blueprint to success so you can just learn and take the shortcuts. Our stand-up guest today, Tachin Frederick, uh, has been named one of Canada's top 100 powerful women. And she is the recipient of a number of academic and social impact awards. She is a big deal. I'm telling you people, she is a big deal. And so during our conversation, she will share her journey to becoming the leader she was meant to be, making an impact in the most vulnerable communities and building a lasting legacy. So please help me welcome Stachin on the Stand Up podcast. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? I am well. I am well. It's it's my birthday week, so I am definitely um, taking some some self care time. But happy to 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 come on uh, for a few minutes to have this conversation with you, which is of course something that I'm so passionate about. Oh, wonderful and happy birthday week! Then when is your birthday? So it was actually on Monday on Family Day. Um, that was my birthday. So we but, celebrate Family Day here in 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 Ontario. Okay, you know, I, I like to celebrate. So I don't have a week birthday personally. I have the the birthday month, right? So all the month of June, I celebrate myself. Listen, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely love it, love it. So if you, if your family, if the people who know you well had to describe you mm -hmm. with one word what would be that word fearless oof that's a powerful one yeah. i love this one yeah. and and we're gonna talk about it all, all all along this conversation because your journey is definitely inspiring and required <laughs> like a fearless mindset 100 mm -hmm. percent yeah. So you you have um, an extensive uh, you have built an, an extensive career in community development work, right? Mm -hmm. And and I'm always fascinated by by people who have dedicated their career and their life to helping supporting others. So mm -hmm. my question to you is, um, where did the, the this passion come from for helping others? Mm -hmm. So I always had an, an interest in, in helping and supporting others. Um, when uh, I was eight years old, um, I told my mom while living in Trinidad at that point in time that I was going to go abroad uh, to help children. And I, I also had a, a nickname, they called me Florence Nightingale. Uh, because I always wanted to, um, you know, help people, nurse people. Um, and, you know, recently I was doing a, a video for, for Ivy where I just did my, my MBA. Um, and uh, 
my mother was there. I just also have um, a newborn. Um, and my mom came up and she she was helping me. And we went to this video shoot. And while I'm doing my video shoot, she's in the back talking to a bunch of women. And they asked her this question, you know, how did you get this, you know, powerful daughter? And, you know, she said something um, when they asked for advice around motherhood. Your children tell you who they are from very young. And so from very young, um, as I said, I had this, this passion of wanting to, to help people. Now, um, ironically, the where I've ended up in my career is not where I initially started. Um, I, uh, because being smart, um, I was sort of weaned into the sciences. Um, and so it was a pathway of me looking at going, I got a scholarship to do chemistry at the University of Ottawa. I was going to do chemistry, then go to medical school and then specialize in child psychiatry. Mm. I, again, always wanted to help children. Uh, but while at university, I did an elective in psychology um, and realized that my part to what I wanted to do in life, which was helping children, didn't have to go through that pathway that I didn't really want to go. And that's mm -hmm. one of the advice that I give to a lot of um, young people. Um, your, there is a goal, but the way to get to the goal could look very different. And so, you know, follow your, your, your heart, follow your mind, listen to people, talk to a lot of people, connect with, with various individuals, connect with people like myself, um, and that people can help you along that journey to, to find uh, where you would like to be in life. That's very important. And, and it's a journey, actually, right? Because if you're like me, if you are watching, listening to us and you're like me, like for the longest time, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> so Stachin, when I see you and hear you, I'm like, wow. So since the very young age, she knew what she wanted to do. It was clear, clear to her, right? And I love that. Your work has been recognized over and over again across Canada and overseas. Now, as you said, you moved to Canada uh, for as, as an immigrant, right? Mm -hmm. And I always love to hear the story, you know, from a woman who came here with a dream, with a project, a vision and ambition, and that were, who were able to materialize it to the point that they are gaining recognition from, uh, you know, their peers and from, from the country they are living in now, that they call home now. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, your journey, like to become a recognized leader in your industry? What was the, the aha moment or the shift when you realized that, oh, I'm making an impact and this is getting a recognition? Well, you know, as all the awards stand behind me <laughs> um, uh, here, um, you know, I, I never do this work for recognition. Um, and even when I do receive all these recognitions right now, it's really about, about um, the platform that I'm able to utilize uh, to speak about the community issues. So for my thing, what is the use of a platform if you're not able to, to, to really help um, influence uh, change? 
Uh, but to, to your question about when, you know, I realized that, you know, I'm such an impactful uh, leader, I'll say there's probably two points. It probably was my my first award, uh, which um, it was from Black History Ottawa. Um, it was a community development award, a, a youth award for my my work with with young people in in the um, Black community in Ottawa. So I would say that first one. And so even just hearing the word community development was something that I wasn't even aware of. I was just acting from a place of realizing that there's a need in my career. There was not people rising up to the, to the um, challenge and just doing it. And then I received that award, that community development um, award. And so then that even tuned into what does community development look like? So that actually then set a, a part way of like, this is even more what I want to do. Because again, it was, it, it went from psychiatry mm -hmm. to psychology, to community development, the community, and, yes. development <laughs> and social work, right? And each one is different. So psychiatry is more about medicine, psychology, you're, you're thinking about the, the, the brain biology, the neurons and whatnot. And then you look at community development and social work, which looks um, more around what's happening with the individual from their environment and um and we talk about things such as oppression and you know societal norms and family dynamics all those different pieces i would say my the 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 award that really sort of stood home for me was when i received the top 10 uh women of worth in canada by l'oreal uh canada um, and my my face was plastered on a billboard in downtown uh, Toronto. Um, Amazing, but, yeah. But um, a, a story. I'm 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 always a storyteller. I always have a story. Um, and so again, I go back to something with my mom. So my mom was traveling um, in Europe. She was she had gone to um, I believe it was Morocco, but was using Europe as one of those um you know main stops to travel and she's she's in um Europe and she's in an airport and she ends up speaking to some man in a lounge um and saying that her daughter is in 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 Canada and she has this organization called Braids for AIDS and you know she's this uh top 10 woman of and he's like of course I know about her I saw her on this <laughs> This billboard. Oh my God! <laughs> small world. Small world. Small world. Um, and but but the real impact was how he talked about how my work, um, around HIV/AIDS has really shifted how to engage the Black community around HIV/AIDS. Um, so I think it's those types of moments. So when I have you know young woman, I <laughs> at a time. Um, it actually, it was that same day of receiving the Woman of Worth Award. I rushed over to um, a um, an event where uh, the Prime Minister was at. Um, and a young lady, I'm, so I'm shaking Justin Trudeau's hand, and a young lady, instead of like 
going, oh my God, Justin Trudeau. She goes, oh my God, Station Frederick. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love that. <laughs> so, um, you know, those, those are where... Um, yes, um, I, I say, yeah, I've made an, an impact, not just on the work that I do, but I've made an impact on, on young women um, aspiring um, in, in different, um, different sectors, but particularly in the community development uh, sector. So here again is the importance, it showcases the importance of increasing your visibility. I'm all about visibility. I'm all about standing out from the crowd. And that's why, you know, I have created this platform to share stories like stage and stories to show you that it does work, but you have to make yourself visible. So maybe not a, on a billboard <laughs> in downtown city, right? But you have to make yourself visible, your work visible, your impact visible. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's not going to benefit the people that you want to impact the most, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So uh, we know that uh, getting into, into leadership roles has uh, as is uh, has its own set of challenges, right? Uh, uh, it's particularly true for women, and 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 especially more for women of color and racialized women. We were having this conversation earlier where I was talking about the stats, right? And it's mm -hmm. out there; it's public information. Where when you look at the leadership pipeline, uh, you will find fewer women as you grow as you go up you find fewer women but then you will find a uh, racialized woman latina woman and black woman at the bottom mm -hmm. so what are some of the key lessons uh, that you have learned as a leader and you believe could impact the future of leadership for women and for women of color mm -hmm. Well, I just, I, I, I want to, before I even speak about that, I just want to even say, you know, that, that stats is so real. Even when we call stats, it's, it's about the impact and feelings about being the only one. So mm -hmm. I recently completed my um, executive MBA at, at Ivy Business School, and I was the only Black woman in my class um, and there was only one other black person uh, in, in the class and it felt very isolating. Mm. Um, and so, you know, when I talk, when you ask this question about, you know, the future of, of black woman leadership, um, there's a call for many of us to pull others along that, that train. Right. And so um, we want to see more um, women of color in leadership uh, positions, but understand that there are many barriers. There's the barrier of race. There's the barrier of um, gender. Um, sometimes even the barrier of age. What you, what you see as well for a lot of, of black women who have this ambition for leadership that they try to get into leadership positions very young. And so they meet up with that all additional barrier of age. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think there, there needs to be um, opportunities from even younger than we think to start developing young Black women. So it's not just about 
you know, me at this stage talking to the next Black woman who already have this leadership pathway established is getting more and more to to young girls in elementary school. Mm. Um, even I would go as 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 much as even kindergarten. How wow. are we? How are we engaging? And so so. You know, someone asked me to, you know, now that I'm a mother, what would I um, want for my daughter? Um, and it's, it's those opportunities for her to show those leadership skills. Um, you know, are you engaging them in, you know, into Montessori and how are they, you know, perhaps helping to lead activity so we have to to develop our 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 young girls from from young so i would say that piece um you know other things that i would say is that um never be afraid to be the one to speak up and mm -hmm. to stand out um and you know i can think back of so many you know um times in my life where if I didn't say what was needed to be said, that it could have changed and gone into a different trajectory. So, you know, be be the one to, to speak up and stand out um, and ensure that change happens. So I go back even again to, to um, my business school experience, um, being the one one only, only. Mm -hmm. woman, a black woman. Um, and then, but that was also during the time of George Floyd. Um, and so, you know, it's not okay to just say, okay, this happened to a black man. What is going to happen to the curriculum that we're now teaching to the, the future leaders? Um, are we ensuring that there is diversity and social inclusion topics within the curriculum at Ivy? Uh, you know, this is one of the best business schools uh, in Canada. Um, and I'm so thankful that at the time of having, um, of, of when George Floyd happened, there was an individual uh, in, in, um, in sort of the leadership position at at Ivy, um, Mary Gillett, who really embodies this kindness and wanting to to ensure that there's social change as an ally, um, and that you know now uh, that this this curriculum has been developed and changed. Imagine people mm -hmm. like myself and other um, women who said you know racialized women who said no. Like this needs to change. And we were able to change an institution. That is huge. We were able in the first time in Ivy's history to have a black scholarship for people to enter into a business school in the executive MBA in 2021. Could you imagine? And mm -hmm. so if we didn't speak up, if we didn't call for change, change would not happen. And as a leader, you must be that one to 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 step out and to stand out to to make that change. Uh, yeah, to make the change for for what you believe in, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, based on your own life experience. And I think this is where uh, there is a gap, maybe where not enough of us uh, speak up. 
and we will face the, the 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 injustice or maybe unfairness even though the world is not fair that's the way it is but mm-hmm. we just think unconsciously oh it's because i'm an immigrant oh it's because i'm a racialized woman oh it's because no you know like if mm-hmm. you feel in your at your core that there is something that you can change that you feel that you want to speak up do it because if you don't do it some either someone else will do it and may not it might not reflect you know the impact and the idea that you had in mind or you know it would just stay the same for everyone and for the future generation to come so what you're seeing here is 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 very very important so now as you said you are the founder of uh, braids for aids a non-for-profit organization to raise awareness on hiv aids uh, in the african caribbean black communities in canada and internationally uh, through a culturally relevant practice of hair braiding i love that and mm. you are also at the current ED of Western uh, Frontline Center. So nonetheless to say that you are a very busy woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you have touched based uh, on it already, but what is the lasting impact you would like to make? If there was one thing that you would like to people to remember about you, what would that be? That, that's a tough question. <laughs> absolutely absolutely you know i've been asked a question like that before and uh, you know i in these two words i think that summed it up but i that she lived that i lived um and that in my living that others were made better because of it and and I will I will say this. Years ago, um, there was a a young man who has made an impact on my career. Um, I don't know if he knows that, but actually, I was going to was um, tell him today because he sent me a, a a message. And this is a young man who, when I moved to Toronto, was one of the first youth that I. Um, was counseling that I was supporting. And he really changed how I um, lead, how I interact with young people and the impact that I would want for young people. Um, so I think that's my my key area. I, while I do HIV AIDS work, even when I do HIV AIDS work, I focus a lot on young people. So my passion is really about, about youth. But um, this young man, um, you know, had a lot of challenges uh, in the school system. And I remember a, a white teacher telling him in front of me that um, she would like to be proven wrong, but this young man will not reach college. That's what she said to him in front of me. So could you imagine the thing she would say to him if an adult was not there? And a few uh, years afterwards, after working with him for for a very long time, um, he graduated from school and he was going off to college. And I saw him walk across uh, the stage and I so happened to see that uh, guidance counselor and walked up to her. And I said, so I guess you were proven wrong. And in that moment, I said, if I helped no more children in the world, I was okay. 
because I helped that um, one young one. man. One. And so it's it's just one that it's just one person that you need to 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 leave that legacy. Um, this young man still follows my career, <laughs> even though that's almost 12, 13 years um, wow. of, of things still still uh, follows my my career. So um, I I know I have made an impact um, for black youth. Um, I would say the 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 final piece for me is um, now while while um, Western Frontline Center is a um, is a youth center that focuses on um, racialized youth, specific, uh, not even specifically, but most of our youth are black youth. Um, but it's my my real, real, fully dream uh, to have a center of black excellence uh, for for, oh. for black youth. That would be the 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 best sort of um legacy that i could um leave oh, you, you put it out there it's going to happen the black excellence center for black youth this yeah. is happening it's out yeah. there and yeah. you know i strongly believe in the power of attraction so Absolutely. it's going to happen Absolutely. and anything that i've said that i'm going to do in life i have done it so look out yeah so look out people <laughs> yeah you know, actually, I want to share a brief story with you because what you're seeing about this young uh, man resonates uh, a lot with me. So I'm French. I was born and raised uh, in France, but I'm from North African background. I'm from uh, originally from Tunisia. And so based on the history of the, the two countries, uh, I'm the first born uh, on my father's side uh, outside of the continent. And so we we face challenges right because we are more identified as uh immigrants or we are not french enough if i can say so you know yeah. uh so that's that's one of the challenge with immigration in in every country anyway and so i remember when i was in in secondary school so in france the system is a little bit different but you are in your senior school um senior high school Mm. Yes. And you have to make your choices uh, for what you want to do the following year, either college, university and the, the field that you want to study. And I went to talk to my professor and I said, hey, you know, uh, this is what I want to do. And I wanted to do uh, faculty of law and I wanted to study mm. political science. But people with my face and my name and my background, this is not what they do. Uh, this is not what we Mm. let us know that we could do but I still wanted to go there because this, I was passionate about it and when I told him what I wanted to do for the following years he started laughing at me and he told me but my poor girl this is not for people like you and I remember that day I, I, I didn't speak back and I didn't say a word and I remember I was 13 14 14 no what what was no no I was older than the hold on 16 16 17 yeah. and and I remember going home and crying crying because that was the I believed in it so much but because of what I look like and where I come from um it was clear to them and the professor that this is not where I belong to yeah. and so you know just to wrap up this short story I went into the, the, and I lost four years studying something that I didn't like yeah. and I wasn't passionate about because that's right. what my teacher had told me that was 
the only path for me. And then after after three and a half year, in the middle of the year, I stopped and I said, no, this is nonsense. I'm mm -hmm. about to finish my studies and like, I'm not even liking what I'm doing. And so I stopped and I decided to apply by myself into law school to study political science. And I was admitted there, right? Mm -hmm. And so I took control of my, my, my life by deciding to go and to go forward for what I wanted to do since day one. But it's true to your point that when you are a young person and that you are looking up to adults to help you and to guide you and that you face this kind of situation that can that can break a life yeah. and, that, and that it does break a lot of yeah. youth, you know, in, 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 in the path that they could have taken for their for their life. Yeah. You know, what you just say, uh, shared here is what so many Black youth face every day every day and then we wonder why our young people have mental health issues why they have they engage in criminal activity when the people sometimes who are entrusted to provide them with guidance mm -hmm. are the ones who are tearing them and so we must ensure that our schools and uh, communities have positive influences, positive role models for our, our young people. Um, but thanks for sharing that, that, that story because I, I'm sure for people listening, it, it resonates. Uh, yes, exactly. And our friend Robert here says, I had a similar experience. You know, it's crazy the things people say to kids to kill their dreams. And, and uh, to what he is adding, agreed, it happens every day, but I'm no longer a youth. And you are a, a successful black man. You are mm -hmm. a successful entrepreneur. You're so, 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 so successful a black man, Robert. And so I strongly believe that Stachin, um, as a leader first, mm -hmm. as a woman leader, and as a black woman leader, you are leaving a lasting legacy. You are already making a huge impact in your community and not only, right, because your words uh, do resonate with uh, a, a lot of people uh, outside of your community as well. And I, I wish you all the best. And I want to thank you for being a role model for, for, for many other young women here. The goal of this podcast is really to share those stories. So you see... This is not only happening to you. There is nothing wrong with you. This is happening to all of us, but still there, there are ways that you can make it happen. So don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your dream. No matter what you believe in, no matter what you look like, no matter what your background is, is if you have it in your head, then you have what it takes to make it a reality, no matter what society uh, thinks about it and so i just want to just want to say one thing as you think I, this would just be my final piece um i just hope especially for people of of color for marginalized individuals to understand that you belong mm -hmm. you belong in these leadership roles you do and so i'll leave with that 
and we are waiting for you and we're here for you okay yeah. so thank you everyone for watching uh for for leaving the comments and i see many of you also are watching here i feel i hope that you will leave this uh, conversation motivated and inspired uh thank you so much station for for your time and for you know opening your your heart and sharing your your story with us that was very inspiring and i will see you uh, everyone next week for another live episode of stand out from the crowd you take care you stay safe and um i will see you soon bye bye everyone thank you <laughs>